What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, Concept Tuesday, we'll talk about home field advantage. And as promised, we'll get some hockey picks out there for tonight. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Top Notch Odds. Great sports book online, topnotchodds.com. Every sport, tons of games. Lots of picks on there. If you're looking for live betting, great live betting option. TopNotchOdds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE for up to 200% off your deposit. All right, so this is our last Concept Tuesday in a couple months. We are going to add next week, starting on Tuesday, Basketball Tuesdays with the NBA in full swing. Uh, college basketball starting today, actually, it only is fitting that we need we need more days in the weeks, folks. And and I, I know that a lot of you like the themed days. It's obviously NHL Monday. We do NFL Friday, everything in between. But Tuesday has been reserved for Concept Tuesday, right? Conceptual things, how to approach sports betting, sort of you know, non-handicapping things. But that's going to get pushed off until we don't have college football and some of these sports start to start to go away. So this is, in my opinion the best time of the year to be a sports fan obviously hockey soccer in full swing but we also have college football nfl uh, nba as i just said uh, college basketball starting up so everything going on right now it's a great time to be a sports fan and we will put concept tuesday on the shelf until january and what we'll do in january we'll probably slide NBA day over to Thursday and bring Concept Tuesday back, kind of for more of the slow time of the year. But for now, it's our last Concept Tuesday for a while, and I wanted to talk about something that really has been bugging me the last couple weeks, and it kind of all got put into the middle and burned on fire this last weekend, because I have two great examples of the NFL and home field advantage. How... It's something that we all talk about and that we all really, I think, overestimate. Oh, home field, home field, home field. How much is home field worth in football? What is home ice worth in hockey? How much is it worth to be on your how much is it worth to be on your own home field in soccer? So on and so forth. There's different answers for this question. And I'm finally starting to get a better idea, not a great idea, because it's very difficult to quantify these things, but I'm getting a better idea of what home field, home ice, however you want to call it, what home field means in sports. Last weekend, I heard a lot of talk about fans, home field, what home field means, and I'm going to use two examples from last week's NFL slate. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to London. They played the Houston Texans. And one thing I heard over and over, and I actually said this on the NFL preview when our... uh, our NFL betting expert, Ryan Elliott, brought up the point that, hey, Jacksonville, they have most of the fans in London. It's going to be a quote-unquote home field for Jacksonville. And I said last Friday, I don't think that's worth a whole lot. Maybe the routine is worth something, but the actual fans in the stadium, how much is that worth? Now, yes, there's something to be said for crowd noise, okay? But that's a very, very minor part of home field. Even 
Kansas City, and we'll get to Kansas City in a minute, but even the Chiefs, you hear, oh, they broke the record, the loudest decibel stadium, the loudest stadium in the history of stadiums, but it's not the volume of the fans. It's not how many fans you have in the crowd. I completely disregard the whole notion of, well, they're going to have a bunch of fans in the in the seats. Therefore, they're going to play much, much better football. That's worth a two-point upgrade. That's fucking ridiculous to me. I don't understand how some smart, rational, sharp people get to this conclusion of home field is worth that many points because of the fans. I heard the same thing last week for the for the uh, Green Bay L.A. Chargers game. Green Bay goes on the road to the L.A. Chargers. Guess what I heard all the sharps saying? Well, the Green Bay Packers are going to have 80% of the fans in the crowd. Therefore, it's a pseudo home field for Green Bay. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, those fans, all those Green Bay fans last week had a huge impact as the Packers got blown out by the Chargers, completely embarrassed. Okay, this whole notion of, well, they're going to have more people in the seats wearing their jerseys is bullshit to me. Complete and utter bullshit. And, And the reason why I'm approaching this so aggressively and so upset is because it's it's an adage that gets passed along from sharp to sharp. If you listen to folks, some of the sharpest people in the industry, some people who have been doing this for years, you, you hear things like, hey, so-and-so, how much is Arizona's home field worth? Duh, or I should do my idiot voice. Duh, I don't know, boss, maybe worth three points. It's like, okay, maybe in one certain week against one certain team in one certain situation, but home field is a very fluid thing. Again, I I think I'm done with my whole point of it's not about the color of the jerseys they're wearing in the crowd. Home field, home noise, right? The crowd noise has a little bit to do with it. But again, when Green Bay is having 80% of the fan base show up to LA, really noise didn't play a big part in that at all. And it's much more than how loud can your fan base be. As we talked about, the Kansas City Chiefs, Yeah, we know they broke the sound barrier, whatever it was, right? It was like the whole 104, 105 decimals. They broke some record for being the loudest stadium in in, in the country. Well, a couple things. First of all, when when you live in Kansas City and there's not much to do and everyone's probably hammered at the game, yeah, it's not that hard to get the loudest fan base in the country. There's a reason why the Bills games are so loud, Kansas City games are so loud. It's like all they do all week, okay? So you have to factor that in. That There's a reason why these teams are so loud, these fan bases are so loud. But it really has little to do with the actual product on the field. Kansas City, until they got Andy Reid, were a bad football team. In between 2007 and 2012, the Kansas City Chiefs averaged 4.83 wins per year. Okay, that's not good. I didn't hear anybody talking about that great Kansas. Well, they're loud, right? When Kansas City's habitually going 4-12 and 12 during those, re- and that's the average, right? Some years they were 5-11, and 11, some they were 6-10, and 10, some they were, you know, 2-14. and 14. I didn't hear anybody go, well, you know what? They may be 2-14, and 14, but man, those fans are loud. It's like, What? Who says that? That has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. When you get a good team, they're going to likely play better at home for other factors we'll talk about in a second. But crowd noise and being loud at a stadium, the 12th man in Seattle. Yeah, that has a real impact on the game. Let's look at those same years, 2007 to 2012, right? Where Kansas City averaged 4.83 wins a year. 
Let's look at the Seattle Seahawks, the home of the 12th man. 2007 to 2012, Seattle averaged 5.75 wins a year. How many people you hear talking on ESPN? Yeah, Seattle may have been 5-11 and 11 this year, but man, you got to give it up. That 12th man, that's a tough place to go play. The only reason people start talking about difficult places to go play is when those teams are winning there. How many, how many ESPN anchors this year have said, boy, Denver Broncos, tough home field advantage. You got to go up in altitude and blah, 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 blah. Nobody said that because the Broncos aren't a very good football team. It is very, very little about the fans in the stadium and so much more about the players on the field. Now, there are reasons why home field matters, and we'll talk about that right now, okay? You get the home team. They get to sleep in their own beds. They're on their familiar turf or surface or surroundings. They're in the same routine, the same schedule. They wake up at the same time. They go to the same building. They see the same people. They they, they may have the same driver, take the exact same route to the stadium. That is all much more of a factor than the fans and the than the fans making noise, wearing your jersey in the crowd. That has a much, much bigger impact on what we see on the field. And on the other side, when you're traveling, when you're a traveling team, it doesn't matter whether it's a short trip or a long trip, an in-division trip that you're used to, or a London trip that you've never made before. When you go on the road, there's just more of a chance of things going wrong. Now, that happens for the team, right? Team meals are delayed, There's problems checking into the hotel, planes get delayed, you have to do your walkthrough in the lobby, right? You see what I'm saying? There's other things besides, well, Arrowhead's really loud. Okay, there's other things going on besides Arrowhead being loud or Seattle having the 12th man that's leading other teams to perform badly there and those teams to perform good there. And again, above all else, above the sleep schedule, above whether the fire alarm got set off in the, in the hotel, whether they're doing their walkthroughs in the lobby, I, I strongly contest. If you have a good team, you're going to win games at home. If you have a bad team, you're going to lose games at home. It's as simple as that. It's We really should not overthink this whole home field away, and it happens way too much with Sharps. So that's on the team, right? On the team aspect of things, the the meals, the hotel problems, the walkthroughs. But there's also a higher chance of individuals underperforming. There may be a handful, a dozen or, or, or so people on any given football team that don't travel well, that need a more tight, defined schedule, that need the same routine, that don't do well with the time changes, so on and so forth. You may have 80% of the people uh, of players travel fine. 80% of the coaches travel fine, but there's a higher chance that somebody doesn't travel well, that somebody gets sick maybe, or that it's more of a routine type of thing, that someone just does better in their own bed with their own routine. So that, I think, is one of the biggest issues or, or differences at home and away. And frankly, I think that it's now... I've, I've come to the conclusion, it's just plain lazy. If you say, hey, what, what, what's the Broncos' home field? Well, it's three points. Oh, it's three and a half points, right? Uh, you'll hear this a lot from Sharps. What is Green Bay's home field? I have Green Bay's home field at, let me check my chart, four points. Folks, if you're doing that, you're lazy. You're not doing your work. Home field should change every week, every game. It should it should vary based on bye week. It should vary based on, is it a division po- opponent or someone that you barely see? What does the other coach do on the road? How does this coach perform at home? It should be a fluid system to where literally every single week 
your home ice or home field uh, rankings are changing. I've started to do, the, to do that in hockey, where uh, I think the most notorious, difficult place to go on the road, as a matter of fact, I know this, there was recently an ESPN article uh, that was published, and they asked hockey players all different kinds of questions. And one of the questions in this kind of interview, uh, roundtable interview style of uh, article was, what's the toughest place to go travel to, right? What's the team that you dislike going to the most? And about 85% of the respondents said the Winnipeg Jets. The reason why people don't like going to Winnipeg has nothing to do with the fan base or, well, they're really loud in Winnipeg or so on and so forth. It has to do with how far you have to travel to Winnipeg, the fact that it is in Canada. So even though you're, you know, sometimes when you go to Vancouver or any of the Alberta places, Edmonton or Calgary, whatever, it's, it's not that long of a trip. And you still have to go through customs, which is an issue, but it's not that long. Winnipeg's a long haul for a lot of teams, and they have to go through customs. So it's it's a long, it's a pain in the ass. You're, you're on the plane forever. You have to check in now to Canada. And for a lot of younger players who aren't from Canada, that can be an issue. You got to get the passport out. Uh, Winnipeg itself is not a very lively town. So players always complain that there's nothing to do there. They have to get to bed early. It's so boring. They have to, this is what players talk about. This is what players think about. The same is said for football. When players go to Kansas City, it's a huge deal that they're bored, they don't have a whole lot to do, it's it's a rundown place. And again, Kansas City, between 2007-2012, they won 4.83 games a year. No one's talking about it being a home field advantage at that point. It's all about how good is the team. If you have a great team and you go 7-1 and one at home, does that mean you have a great home field advantage or does that mean you have a good football team that wins a lot of their games? I would be willing to bet, and I don't have these numbers in front of me, I would be willing to bet some of these best home field advantage teams in the NFL the last 10 years, they do fine on the road. They're good teams overall. This idea that, well, Jacksonville's going to London because there's going to be a lot of teal in the crowd. We're going to upgrade them a couple points. Okay, I'm done with that. Uh, Because Green Bay is going to the LA Chargers, and they're going to have 80% of the fans. I think we've been proven time and time again that has nothing to do with it. Now, if we hear about a team that has a lot of guys on that team. It's been coming out recently that uh, uh, Kirk Cousins kind of may fit into this category, that he's maybe a little bit OCD, that he needs a schedule, needs a set routine to do things. Well, if you're betting on the Vikings, you should know that, right? So that's my point, is you have to start doing homework, doing detailed homework, finding out what players do well, what coaches do well, what teams do well as a collective unit, and then factoring in your home field advantage. So remember that, folks. Home field, home ice, home whatever, it's so little to do with how loud your fan base is. Even the Denver Broncos, I would say the altitude is a real thing, okay? And, the, and that's probably the biggest, if you're talking about variables that are changeable on, on like a graph or anything like that, I think altitude is, is the most non-arguable real thing that exists. I mean, that's a real change when you come from sea level to altitude. It's tougher to breathe up here. There's less oxygen in the air. So I think that's maybe one of the more real home field advantages in the entire in, in the world of sports, right? For basketball, for football, for baseball, for soccer, for hockey, for anything. When you come to Denver, Colorado, you're higher in altitude. That's an inherent advantage for any team in Colorado, right? And you hear people talk about that a lot. But look at the Broncos this year, okay? No one's talking about that this year because it doesn't fit the narrative of the great home field. If the Broncos were undefeated, I guarantee you ESPN would be talking about 
the, the a reason why a lot of those teams keep coming to Denver and losing. The Broncos are undefeated, but look at their home field advantage. They do play in altitude. We have to downgrade them some because they're in altitude. Uh, wrong. If the Broncos were undefeated, it would be because they're a good football team and because they're winning games because that's what good football teams do. Yes, it helps a little bit, a small percentage that they're in altitude, but I think this whole home field is way overblown in the market just based on being a home field and and based on the crowd. It's so much more about sleeping in your own bed. And am I saying home field doesn't exist? Am I sitting here trying to make the point that home field is a non-factor? Absolutely not. I think we should change the way we approach home field. I think home field is actually a big factor every week across the NFL, NHL, NBA, whatever you talk about. But you have to be better than, yeah, I have Green Bay plus four. Or, yeah, I have the San Francisco uh, 49ers plus three, whatever it is. And just using that, it has to be so much more homework week by week. I think home field is a real thing in terms of sleeping in your own bed, a familiar schedule, the same schedule, same turf in in basketball, the same background, the same backdrop when you're shooting, the same hardwood floor, the same arena. These things matter. The crowd does not matter. And I hate to to break it to you fans, right? I know a lot of you out there love going to games. I do too. I do too. I love going to games, yelling when our defense is is on the field, being quiet when the offense is on the field. That helps, but it's not nearly the impact that most people say it is. So keep that in mind. I wanted to talk about that this weekend after the Jacksonville game, after the Green Bay game. And folks, this is something I've been preaching back to my radio days years and years ago. That And I started having this theory and this idea when Seattle drafted Russell Wilson. Because then the whole 12th man thing emerged. And it was always Seattle, 12th man. Seattle's such a great home field advantage, tough place to play. Mm, wrong again. You know, Seattle got Russell Wilson. They got Pete Carroll. And then, well, I guess it worked the other way around. They got Pete Carroll, and they were still losing games. <laughs> 12th man, well... The, the, the decibels are the same. The same fans are showing up. It's still just as loud in Seattle. Well, what's changed? It's really weird, Tyler. Oh, oh, they got Russell Wilson. And they've won double digits every year except for last year since then. Oh, that's why. It has nothing to do with the 12th man. If you have a bad team, you're going to lose at home. If you have a good team, you're going to win at home. It's really as simple as that. I know we have some NHL picks to get to. I will wrap the show up with my two best bets for tonight's slate in the NHL. I know I promised that on yesterday's podcast, but first, special thanks to topnotchodds.com. I always talk on here about how it's so important to have different websites to shop around on, different sports books to make bets on. I was looking at tonight's games, and we'll talk about, obviously, like I said, the NHL games going on tonight. Uh, For example, one of the picks tonight, I'll give it away right now, it's the Anaheim Ducks. Well, Anaheim, on two different websites, was listed as, and this was as much as like three hours ago, and I won't name the sites, one website, Anaheim was listed as minus 118 is the favorite. On the other website, the Ducks were, well, Anaheim Ducks were minus 135, minus 118. You pay 118 to win 100 on one site, and the other site you pay 135 to win 100. Folks, that's, an, uh, that's a huge, huge difference. 
And I promise you, if you can always do your homework, if you can always shop around, you don't even have to be a master handicapper. As long as you kind of know what side you're looking for, you know the difference between key numbers and not, right? Two and a half, three, six and a half, seven, and you can shop around, you're going to be so much more profitable in the long run. Now, if you if you'd spend some extra time and handicap a little bit extra, find the extra edges, that's what this is all about. But I'm telling you that right now, as long as you have three different websites, three different sports books, three different outs, that alone is going to start saving you about 5 to 10% of your money every single month. Do yourself a favor. Start shopping around, and I'll give you a great sports book to add. They're new, they're growing, and there's a reason they're growing so fast. TopNotchOdds.com. TopNotchOdds.com, they offer so many different bets on essentially every sport out there that you can bet on, and the live betting options are endless. Really, everything that you could want as a, as a whether you're a pro better or you just like doing it recreationally, TopNotchOdds.com is really a good website. They also have customer service that I really haven't seen before on other sites. They have a live pop-up chat window. If you have any issues, you can bring up a live member and they'll help you right there online. Great website, great live betting. You need three outs and I highly recommend Top Notch Odds. Online, topnotchodds.com. Uh, enter promo code SHARPEDGE and you can get up to 200% on your deposit bonus today. That's topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. All right, wrapping the show up today, and we do have two best bets for tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. Vegas Golden Knights, I like them up to minus 135. Uh, Vegas is on the road at the Columbus Blue Jackets. They open up a four-game road trip. Vegas has been really good. Their first game on any road trip the last couple of years. They're not the best road team. Matter of fact, they're about... Just above average as a road team in general, but I love Vegas always the first game away from Vegas. They have their legs. They It seems they have a little bit more uh, incentive to play hard this trip as well. They, they, they haven't been playing great hockey as of late. They started off hot, then lost a couple games in a row. So Vegas, I think, has some real incentive to get some results this road trip. It's a four-game road trip, and they really want to go 3-1, and one, if not 2-2. Two and two. It takes so much pressure off to get that very first win on the road trip. And uh, Vegas, I think what minus 130, minus 135 is a very good price. We're getting Marc-Andre Fleury in net against James uh, Corpolipso, who just has had an unbelievable, I should say, an unbelievably overachieving year so far. You talk about stats that get baked into the line that are just not true, that are just not sustainable. And that's James Corpusallo, or however you say it. I always mess his name up. It's the goalie start tonight for, for uh, Columbus. I think it's James Corpusallo. Anyway. I love the goalie matchup here. I think Columbus is, in general, an overrated team. They're way too young to handle the physicality these forwards are going to bring for Vegas. So I think the Vegas kind of roughs uh, the Blue Jackets up tonight and get the win on the road to start off their road trip. And I think minus 130, minus 135 is a very good price there for the Vegas Golden Knights. And game number two, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they are at home tonight against the... Uh, Minnesota Wild. Minnesota, talking about road trips. Minnesota's opening an 11-game road trip. These guys aren't going to be home for a couple weeks. I saw a special on NHL.com that went through, and every player was talking about how they get ready for a road trip, what they're planning on for a road trip. And you'd think that you're talking to a whole bunch of people who just got sent to prison. These guys are not looking forward to this road trip. Well, they're 4-9-1, and one, right? When you've played uh, 14 games and won four in regulation... Well, four overall, I should say. 
that's not going to be a lot of incentive to leave your house, to leave your home for two weeks and go on a grueling, grueling road trip. And this is one of the tougher places to go initially. Minnesota has not done well against Anaheim. Their last eight here, they've won one game. And the Ducks are a good team this year. I get a John Gibson goalie, who I have rated as my number one overall goalie, yet he's 500 on the year. That means the market slightly downgrading the Ducks because of those goalie numbers. And the Duck and Anaheim is also nine and seven, right? They've played 16 games. They've won nine. So they're right there above 500. The market is not identifying this Anaheim team as nearly as uh, nearly as good as I think they should be. I believe Anaheim can make the playoffs. I think they can actually compete for the Pacific Division if the Oilers don't go on some kind of midseason run. I like the Ducks. I think they're underrated. I think that not a lot of GMs and coaches around the league look at Anaheim as a team you need to specially prepare for. But these young offensive players, these young forwards... Uh, and then you combine it with Silverberg and Getzlav still there for, for Anaheim. I like what the Ducks are doing right now. A team still flying under the radar. We're getting a bit of a value break here with uh, with the Ducks at home. And as I said, Minnesota, I don't love them starting off this long road trip. And I didn't like what I uh, what I saw in that kind of that special on NHL.com. So you combine all that. I think the Ducks frustrate the wild tonight. I think they score early and often. Give me the Ducks at home. Up two. Let's see what the price has changed here. I want to be accurate, accurado with these prices here. Just a second, folks. We need the, here, I think we have some Jeopardy music here. Yeah, this is always entertaining, right? Goodness gracious. I can't believe this is taking me... I feel like an old man trying to get this computer to work. Okay! Uh, Anaheim Ducks, up to minus one. <laughs> okay, there we go. Let that play out. There we go, Tyler. All right, Anaheim up to minus 120. I knew it was right around there. And we're not paying 150 to see if they win tonight. That's a little too expensive. I think the true line, probably closer to about 150. Anaheim Ducks up to minus 120 tonight. They get the win at home against the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights up to minus 130 on the road. And I know after this whole home road thing, you may be saying, Tyler, Vegas is on the road. What about that home ice advantage? Yeah, I think they get past it tonight. Let's go Knights. Let's go Ducks. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.